0: Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge, hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore, covering The Quiet American. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Jeff. Hi. It's... How are you? I'm good. And pretty good,
1: isn't it? Yeah, you know, you know, Jeff. It's uh, it's very uh, it's very uh, resembling of American foreign policy to not yeah. to not try to shoehorn its will into foreign affairs. Yeah. Ameri- it's almost America. Like, it's like has
0: never interfered in the global politics of another country before,
1: because you know they're they're the quiet Americans. Yeah.
0: That's right, folks! <laughs> I hope I just blew out your speakers because like, you cranked the volume to hear that. Um, yeah, that's right. This week we're covering The Quiet American. The Quiet American. Welcome back to Travolting. Presents The Fraser's Jazz. Thank you so much for listening to our episode last week on The Mummy Returns. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. We're covering a very different tonality of movie today.
1: Yes, but for a reason. Yes. For a good reason, which but, we will talk about.
0: Yeah, we're covering a movie... Um, it's it's more in line with the movies that Fraser wants to be doing, at this point, which I think is fascinating. Um, coming up after the run that we've just encapsulated with you know Mummy, Dudley Do Right, yeah. Bedazzled, Monkey Bone, The Mummy Returns, where he's kind of being put into this like the lovable goof, dumb, lovable goof action star, um, popcorn movie realm. Yes. Whereas this film, The Quiet American. Um, comes back to you know the movies that he has talked about, really adoring and loving, um, having worked on, such as um, Gods and Monsters, Gods and Monsters, School uh, Ties, ties. Uh, um, a
1: little bit of Still Breathing, let's say even like
0: the Passion of Darkly Noon,
1: yeah, uh, these
0: more um
1: dramatic, dr- dramatic roles, dramatic roles, and this one is another what we classify specifically, yeah. Gods and Monsters, and what was that fucking.
0: Well, it's it's the run of like gods and monsters, uh, uh, school ties, school uh, ties with honors, the scout, um, all these movies where he's being put with a a veteran actor, a veteran actor, yes, yes. yeah, and he's given a supportive, sporting support, meaty supporting role. That's the sequence of words I was looking for. Yeah,
1: and I would say that this isn't quite yet like his last one that we would sort of classify. No, this is not his last drama. It's not, it's not his last drama, but it's also, I would argue that it's not his last, like let's put Fraser together with a veteran actor type movie. We
0: continue to get that up through extraordinary measures. Yeah. Um, That's his last one of those.
1: Yeah. Um, And this one, Uh, by that point he's in his forties. But here's the thing that's interesting, Jeff, that I wanted to uh, put out there. So we talked about that this is a really interesting shift for Fraser for yeah. like, his recent run. But here's the thing. Uh, did you know this movie was delayed like a whole year? Yes. Before its release? Yes. And
0: I want to hold off on the, the reason why oh. for a moment. I want to get through the okay. context of the movie before we explain why it got delayed. Absolutely. 100%. Um. I think it's important to
1: know what this movie's about. Yes, before, before we, we explain yeah, why yeah, it was pushed. Right, you're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, so just a real quick, like, two-second logline thing about it. Uh, m- the main character is Michael Caine. Yes, playing Thomas Fowler, who's a, uh, a, a London British Times, Times reporter, reporter,
0: stationed in Vietnam in 1952,
1: who is covering the um, early... It, back then, it wasn't called the Vietnam War just yet. No, this was the the French Indochina War. I believe it was called. Uh, yes, French Indochina War. Um, which was like French colonialist. Yeah, it's called the First Indochina War. Yeah, yes, and so this is where Viet, v- Vietnam is occupied by French colonialists, yes. and. This is the early start of Vietnam getting introduced to communism. Yes, in which there are these communist packs forming. Um,
0: Ho-, Ho Chi Minh being the main leader of the communist movement at this time.
1: Yes, and so this is sparking some uprisings and rebellions, and this is where you know we are getting the early onset of the full civil war, as we know as, Vien- as the Vietnam War. Yeah. This is like the early if. If you know, think of like the American Revolution. This is like the French and Indian War. Yes, okay, that was a good comparison. I think.
0: No, that, that is accurate. That is yeah. This is this is um, um Vietnam starting to fight for its independence. Yeah, and it does win. Yeah, essentially, you know, the seventeenth parallel, the country gets split into North and South Vietnam. Yes, South remains democratic. North remains communist. Yeah, and then eventually, an invasion of the South is undertaken by Ho Chi Minh and the communists, you know, Viet Cong. Mm-hmm. Our Viet Minh, I believe they were known at this time At uh, this which, time, yeah Viet- Which Vietnam. results in American interventionism uh, Which results in the Vietnam War Which eventually results in the United States' Defeat in the Vietnam War
1: Yes, and uh, and so Michael kane who, this is not quite yet When, like, Americans are putting Boots on the ground and Airstrikes are being made, no, this is when This is where we hear about uh, The American-supported uh, Coups Yes, This is in that tonality. Yeah. Where the, you know, America is fucking around. The CIA is fucking around with this civil war and trying to sprinkle in its own American agenda with however the outcome goes. They haven't quite put their chips full in on the anti-communist Vietnam yet. They're starting to. yeah. But, it's an interesting part in history because I looked at, oh, I, when I was first researching this, I'm like, oh, 1952. It's like, yeah. that's, like, too early for Vietnam. And then I realized, oh, like, yeah. there was the whole, like, 17th parallel thing before Vietnam yeah. War actually for started. For anyone
0: who's interested in this topic, um, we'll we'll wrap up kind of summarizing it. But um, if anyone's interested, the Vietnam War documentary by Ken Burns. Um, yeah. It's tremendous. It's an 18-hour-long documentary. Fuck. Um, it is incredible. Would highly recommend watching it.
1: Where can they find it, Jeff?
0: Um, you can find it. I believe it was PBS. Um, so you should be able to just. I mean, I have a Blu-ray of it. But of course you do. you can you can find it in a lot. As of As I look
1: to my left and see a bookshelf of American president biographies, yes.
0: it is a it's a ten episode show. Um, it's well worth watching if I'm you're interested I'm in. The... I'm I might I might pick it up. Yeah, if you're interested, interested in the history of the Vietnam War. Yeah,
1: I, I I found myself interested in studying the history of this as I was yeah. watching this movie to understand. The context. Yeah. Because it's important to know when you jump into this movie, like, this is not a Vietnam War film. Yes.
0: This is about what very, led to the Vietnam
1: War. Yes. This is very much not a Vietnam War film. Um, and uh, we to round it back to the movie, so, yeah, Michael Caine, British reporter, he's, he's out here at Saigon, Vietnam, sort of reporting on the occurrences and events happening in this um, civil war happening. Yes. And he... He's simply just reporting what he sees. Yeah, sending this info to the London Times, and um, he has a lover, uh, a young Vietnamese woman uh, named Fung Yes, um, who lives with him. He is married to somebody in London, but yeah. he's with somebody over yeah. here. A common characteristic. He then meets uh, a young Brendan Fraser playing um, uh, Pile. Yeah, not Private You almost said Private pile. Uh, yeah. Playing Alden Pyle. Alden Pyle. Well, I would say, like, the opening guise of his mission is that he's operating an American-led medical aid, but we quickly find out that he is a CIA operative. Yes. Who is infiltrating and sort of diverging Um. essentially this is where the term like third force comes from yeah. and if you haven't heard of like the term like third is you know as we discussed earlier it's like this is the viet minh the communist-led viet minh with the french colonials this is where we get another uh a militia-led viet uh vietnamese group led by um a non communist general. Yeah. I don't know uh, how else to like describe
0: it. um, who was an actual figure. Yes. This is all based in this reality. is
1: all based in reality. Um yeah. w- who is getting who is getting support from CIA operatives, which is uh pictured in the figure of Alden Pyle, the yeah. CIA operative. And so the movie sort of takes this quick spin of like, you know, we on one hand we have like, you know, a british reporter who believes in non interfering. Yeah. And is seeing the destruction in the wake of this as well as seeing the accelerated destruction brought on by american um interference. Yeah. Um, the 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 core
0: like idea of the movie is that, you know, he's a reporter and he doesn't have opinions, he just reports what happens. Yeah. And it's about um learning that learning to care. In his character, learning to care, learn to care about Vietnam, learn to care about its people, yeah, while also struggling with um, falling in love with something with someone who um, represents, yeah, the and, thing you're trying to not care. Yeah,
1: about. and there is a uh, love triangle yeah. in this movie because Alden Pyle, Brendan Fraser, falls instantly in love with Fung. Yeah, there's a little bit of a shifty. We'll talk about it. I wasn't as, like, indebted to this part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's a little shittiness going on with that. Um, and do we want to say what happens at the end? Or?
0: I mean, it, at the end, you know, uh, com- we, it, we can talk about the ending when we go through the plot. Um, this yeah. is just to give kind of a summary for the audience yeah. so they know where we're coming So
1: now from. that we've, like, explained, like... What this movie's about. What this movie's about. Which, and this movie's based on a book that came out in 1950. Fifty-five. Five? Yes,
0: in 1955, the book "The Quiet American" came out. Yes, um, it's
1: based on that. Um, and uh, this, yeah, the uh, the book written by Graham Greene. Yes, who is a British author. The th- the thing
0: that's interesting about this book. Um, is that it comes out in 1955 before America is like openly involved in Vietnam. Right. And it's very much a cr- book Calling. that's hyper critical of yes. American like interventionism and what it could lead to. Yes. Which, as history knows, does lead to the Vietnam War. Yes. It called it shot and it hit the mark. Yeah. The thing that is funny is that an adaptation of this book is made in 1958. There's another um, version. Which is a movie about how the communists are bad and the Americans are helping
1: out, (laughs) getting rid of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so, needless to say, when this book came out in 1955, yeah, immediately received huge criticisms on the American side. Yeah, because it being hypercritical of American as it is, like this book got a lot of slack for it. I think it still won a Pulitzer Prize, though. Yes, and the the
0: movie. um, Gets a lot of praise from everyone who's not fucking. Uh, we talking about the t- this movie or the the 1958 version. The
1: 1958.
0: It gets praise movie. from everyone except for Graham Greene, who's like they've destroyed the purpose of my book. They've turned it into a propaganda film for Americans. Yeah, and so this adaptation of the Quiet American um, is much more true to the original idea.
1: Yes, and, and that bring it, yeah, and it exists because of that. Yeah, and reason. that I think that brings us to like sort of modern context of the movie yes so as we discussed this is an interesting shift in fraser's career of yes. going from like we saw like gods and monsters in 98 98 98 and then like from like and then before that like still breathing was still kind of in like this dramatic role era and then after gods and monsters the mummy and then or blast from the past and the mummy and then we yeah. get all those like rom-com s comedy action yeah the The popcorn movies. Yeah, and then we get this movie back. But what's interesting is this movie was delayed a A year year because of the September 11th attacks. So this movie
0: has its first screening September 10th, 2001.
1: Oh, I didn't know about
0: this. Yes, the first screening of this movie is September 10th of 2001. I'm just now hearing about this
1: for the first time.
0: And it's screened. Um, This movie is funded by Miramax, uh, which was the Weinsteins, Harvey and Bob, before Harvey is now thankfully sends to prison for the rest of his life yeah um but they screen it and it's like everyone loves it yeah everyone they're showing to they're like okay we got an oscar winner in our in our hands yeah the next day the twin towers are attacked yeah and american populism like
1: shoots Shoots up up.
0: and this movie which is about americans shouldn't interfere in other countries affairs other countries affairs um and that it just leads to more violence would not play well in the immediate um aftermath of 9 11. so and maybe smartly i mean i think that you know this movie has a very good point and i think especially in like the post 911 area that point was so important for people to yeah perhaps think about yeah but i can understand from a purely business decision why this was pushed
1: absolutely
0: um it gets pushed a year and it comes out in a time when people are starting to evaluate how America responded to 9-11 and whether that was in our best interest as a country or as a people.
1: Yeah. And so I think, w- just to, to timeline it up a little bit, that sort of makes me think that this movie was filmed at sort of end of 99, beginning of 2000.
0: Yeah, this, this would have been filmed in probably 2000.
1: Yeah. Which is still like a few years after his like dramatic role phase going into like the popcorn movie phase it would have
0: basically been right after the mummy yeah they filmed this
1: and I mean we've said it before but these are like the good roles yeah. for Fraser we like seeing him in these types of roles yes. they are almost always bangers and yes. wins for him um it is always like, I always say that with like a tab of a grain of salt, because like, as we said in Gods and Monsters, and I think what we will say in this movie is that the more experienced veteran actor acts circles around Fraser. Yes. And I do have to say it, it it's less so with Michael Caine and Fraser, or with mm-hmm. um, uh, Ian McKellen and Fraser in Gods and Monsters, but still there yeah. with Michael Caine and Fraser in this movie. Yeah, Fraser's gotten better, but I still don't think he's, he's not at like Michael Caine yeah. caliber. And his
0: character in both movies is not as
1: correct. Yes, like, yeah. In this movie,
0: he's playing an archetype. Yeah, like f- and Fraser is good at what he's doing. So he's playing, you know, th- what this movie interestingly does with Fraser is that it's using him as an archetype of all American hero,
1: mm-hmm. and then Which... playing
0: and then. Twisting that at
1: the yeah, end. Yeah. Which is smart. It's, I like yeah,
0: it. It's smart that it takes, like, his persona at the time is all American hero. Yeah. And you, when you put him in the movie, you're like, oh, Brendan Fraser, he's great. He's an all American hero. And then by the end, where you learn he's up to shifty shit, it's like, okay, this is a smart flip of the narrative of what we expect from this I guy. mean,
1: Ricochet O'Connell fought in the French Libyan Wars and yeah. the Mummy, right? Yeah. So wouldn't it make sense if his next stop is Vietnam? Yeah. 40 years later, he time travels. He's in the Book of the Dead or is something. Is it 40 years later?
0: I mean, the f- uh, 30 years th- later. 30, yes. It 1923 or so?
1: Yeah. So he would have been like a little bit older, but still. Yeah. But it's imaginable. Yeah. And it's smart. And I it helps his character. But he is still playing like a subtextual archetype. Yes. It's hard to, to as an actor, I'm imagining, I have no context or basis for this, but it's hard as an actor to be like, the notes for you and how to guide your performance is you are the you are the face of American, like, colonialism. Yeah. Go, action. You're like, ugh. You know, like, mm-hmm. that, that's hard to work with. Whereas Michael Caine has a lot to work with in this movie. He's playing a character. He's playing a character who has a life, who mm-hmm. has wants, who has desires, who has flaws. Um, the movie's all told from his POV. Yes. So, so we get more into his internal life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, important to note This movie is directed By Philip Noyce mm-hmm. um, Who is mostly A director of Political thrillers Yeah um, He directed both The Harrison Ford Patriot Games And Clear and Present Danger mm-hmm. um, Which are movies With similar um, They're both based On Tom Clancy novels But they have similar Questioning elements Of American foreign policy
1: Yeah And then he did The Giver yeah, he
0: did the Giver, which doesn't make sense. He also did Salt, so that Angelina Jolie movie where the poster is just a picture of her that says, Who is Salt? And I'm like, I don't know, who is Salt? And then I <laughs> You gotta tell me, buddy. I'm not right. I'm not directing the fucking movie. Right. He also did the Bone Collector. Um The Bone Collector. Yeah, the the Denzel movie. He's he's still a fairly prolific director. Uh just worthy of note that he's he's a real he's a real one. Yeah. Oh god, I just deleted my I deleted my Philip Noyce page and accidentally deleted all my stuff. All right, reopening.
1: <laughs> he's got a lot of He's directed a lot of movies. Well no, he's got a lot of movies in development in production right now. He's busy. He's a busy boy. A busy guy. Busy, busy boy. Born in Australia. So he's not even American. The fuck he can say about American policies. <laughs> we're
0: the winners! Yeah, we the problem with American policies in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's that's essentially the core of the context of this movie. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, getting pushed a year is the big, like, oh, of this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but it does come out, and Michael Keane does get an Oscar nomination for this
1: movie. You said Michael, Key and Michael, Keane. Michael Keane. Michael Keane.
0: Michael Keane. Michael Keane. Michael Keane. Yeah. Michael Keane.
1: Who we've talked about on this show before?
0: Yeah, we have. Awesome. Coincidentally, the exact same year. No shit. So these movies come out very shortly. 2002.
1: Uh, what a busy year for Michael Caine.
0: Let me find out when Gold. What m- day Goldmember comes out? I'm guessing it's May. Goldmember is released um, July 26 of 20 of 2002. This movie comes out September of 2002. Only two months apart. Wow. Uh, two Michael Caine movies. We've now covered Michael Caine's entire 2003 or really? 2002. Really? Yes. Between uh, Golden Brand, good year
1: for Michael Caine. 2002, yeah. good
0: year. He gets good. an Oscar nomination. He gets to say, "There's only two types of people I hate in this world: those who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the and Dutch." The touch. <laughs> yeah.
1: A funny line considering the role he plays in this movie. Yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like types of people this. There are ton of different people cultures, and the Americans, <laughs> against, uh, the Americans who do that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. I mean, when we talk about the plot of this movie, um, it's gonna feel to me a lot like Gods and Monsters. Yeah. This movie, it it has a lot of business. Yeah. Um.
0: That's why I wanted to do that summary up front. Yeah. And so we don't have to be as like specific about scene by scene. We can just kind of summarize the things that we liked and the things we want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean like we get started and oh my God, Michael Kane just with the voiceover in this opening.
0: The thing about Vietnam is.
1: <laughs> the thing about Saigon, and Vietnam. It's falling like a, in love with I Vietnam. Could, I could listen to this intro and it could put me to sleep. Yeah. It is so like. But it's also a good encom- encapsulation of like what this movie's doing and like who this person is. Because he's talking about, you know, the thing about Vietnam is it solves. If you're coming here with questions, it gives you answers right away. Yeah. And, you know, it's. There's a lot of things you have to adjust to, but after a while it sort of takes hold of you and you feel like you can't ever leave or something Mm -hmm. like that. But you know, we don't know anything about this guy other than like whoever's talking is like a huge admirer and, uh, has a lot of love for Vietnam, the Vietnamese people and the culture. Um, and then we, and so Michael Caine, as we get, Oh, and then we get, we get a flash forward, which that was interesting. Uh, we see a, we see Michael Caine walking on the docks. Yes. And he looks down and he says a body. Yeah. With like a stab wound yeah. floating in the water. Um police arrive and they take the body yeah. and we identify it as Brendan Fraser.
0: Something I also like is that the opening shot of this movie, over the narration, is just like a, a still. It's a still image shot. of like the docks. Yeah. But deep, deep in the background, you can all see like artillery gunfire flashes. shooting in the sky. Yeah, yeah. And he's just ignoring it, which is yeah. you know, his perspective in this movie. Yeah. Is that he's all about the beauty of Vietnam, yeah. and not the the violence of it, which is occurring in the background.
1: Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good shit, baby. Yeah. I by, like this movie. Yeah. No, this is a good movie. But yeah. It's I'd watch very, it. Ag- I'd watch it again. Yeah, no, it's a very good movie. Yeah, um, and so we, we we get introduced to Brendan Fraser's corpse <laughs> on the pile. Yeah, and then it starts oh. farting, and that's the rest of the movie. <laughs> no, uh. If only. Uh, we then get introduced to a character we're only going to see one more time, and that is Inspector Vigo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Inspector Vigo, played loved by Raid, uh I, I I'm going to butcher his last name, and I apologize, but. Uh, Ra- Rade Serbedzija? Yeah, sure. Maybe. <laughs> sure. What's funny is is this guy plays like your stereotypical French or Russian inspector type. Yeah, he's it's like you can he's see a Russian he, actor. He's like you can see like I we we have a theory on who did this crime and I think it was you. Like that's his character. Yeah. Um and and not just this movie. Um do you know he, he plays a homeless guy in Batman Begins?
0: Yeah, he's the homeless guy who nice, Batman hands the coat to. Nice coat. Who, yeah, yeah,
1: nice coat. He's also
0: the um, the reason I recognize him is he's in Mission Impossible Two. He's the uh, the doctor who Tom Cruise is getting the the uh, whatever the, the gas is in that movie. Yeah. Um. He's the one who Tom who Tom Cruise meets in the opening scene. Who's in the plane crash? Yeah. He, it, also, he is also in both Harry Potter movie, the last two Harry Potter movies, apparently as Gregorovitch. I don't remember. I mean, I remember that Gregor- character, but I don't remember him being in it.
1: Oh, he's the uh, the
0: other was the other. He's wizard. the guy
1: that gets the Elder Wand stolen from him. Yeah, by by young young Dumbledore. Young
0: Dumbledore. Yeah. He's also um, he's an X Men first class as Soviet general. Uh, he is in the series twenty four
1: as Soviet general. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he plays a very common Soviet general a lot.
0: Yeah, he is Im, um I'm trying to find how many times this guy has been credited as Soviet general. Who is that a, He plays Big Daddy in a movie called El Kot Well,
1: who is that guy that we looked at as IMDb and it's like captain, lieutenant, general, oh, uh, generals. Um god what's his name? Fucking hell. I can Glenn Morshower. Glenn Morshower. There's got to be a movie where it's Glenn Morshauer on one... Wait a minute.
0: X-Men First Class.
1: Right? Yeah. Because Glenn Morshauer's on one side holding, like, with their artillery. Oh, no. Glenn Morshauer he isn't like a general. He dies early on. He's like a CIA operative, isn't he? Yeah, he's something. Or no, he's he's a general that approves the missile strike or whatever.
0: He's he's working with Kevin Bacon at the beginning. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I haven't seen X-Men First Class in a little bit. But
1: but that's that that is the epitome of their roles yes. in this movie it's those two together it's those two together they make one <laughs> they make the Cold War movie <laughs> um but it doesn't matter because we're not going to see him at all in this movie ever again until the very end Yes. Uh, because he's an inspector he's he's analyzing the body in front of Michael Caine he's like did you know him he's like yeah I knew him He was a good guy um and he's like well I, I suspect some foul play in this obviously well you know There's, there's chances it might've been communist or militia. No one really knows. Yeah. And, uh, then same flash forward. Uh, he goes and sees Fung. Yeah. Who he he sees her and he tells her, it's like, Hey, like, I know that you admired him a lot. He's dead. And, um, she says, okay, I think I'll go back home to see my mother. Or something like that. It almost feels like like we don't have any context into Fung and Michael Kane's relationship yet, and so it seems like he's just telling Alden Pyle's lover that hey, your lover just died or whatever. Yeah, and I think it's at that point we then are transported back to p- present.
0: Yeah the the. Where the, the bulk of the story takes the place. The bulk of the story takes place. It is funny. He does... We got, like, this shot of Michael Caine, like, he's carrying a newspaper, mm-hmm. and he's walking into this, like, little street-side cafe at like, a corner. And I we're watching the shot. And we just and we just started, and we just started hearing it. He's just like, God damn in it, the narration, Jim. he's like, every fine <laughs> evening, I'd I'd sit there and I'd order a funny branker. <laughs> I just fantasy, that I'd see you there across the table. And then oddly Christian Bale's <laughs> at the other <laughs> table. It's weird.
1: I fucking knew you were going to go yeah. there, man. <laughs> it no, clocked it right away. I... I only
0: thought about it because I think that scene is very funny because he he's very Michael Caine's very specific about how he's in the Dark Knight Rises sits <laughs> down he's like every day I'd sit down and I'd order a Fernie Branca every day order a Fernie <laughs> like Michael stop with the fucking Fernie Brancas <laughs> it is exactly
1: like verbatim that what like. is
0: in a Fernie Branca
1: are you even saying
0: that right I don't even yeah, know if that's a, a Fernie word Fernie Branca is an Italian brand of fernet, a type of amaro or bitters. Sounds
1: okay, British. so it
0: is just like the the liquor is Fernet Branca.
1: Hmm.
0: 39% alcohol. Michael Caine's getting fucked up. Damn. 60 proof. <laughs> Dark Knight, that's why you seeing in Christian that's why you seeing Batman across the table He's knocked up on the fucking
1: Fernet Brancas. Ay ay ay. Um So yeah, he is that in the modern day or in the flash forward when he's in the cafe? That is the the flash forward and then we go back. Yeah.
0: I think we go back to him at the cafe.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the transition point. Yeah, yeah. And so he he's uh like we we get sort of a day in the life of him, like he's in his cafe. He goes to the
0: cafe to listen To find information that he can write about Yeah He also likes to watch Fung enter the building Make sure she's okay Yeah And he's like this hotel is where every foreigner stays So that's where you meet people
1: Yeah right the continental Yes and that's where he immediately meets Is it that quickly? It is that quickly
0: Damn Alden Pyle sits at the table next to him Yeah Brendan Fraser And then they're introduced to each other yeah, um, this movie's very economical. It doesn't waste time. It's only a hundred minutes long.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I felt it's hundred minutes, but yeah, you know, not in a yeah. good or bad way. Um, so Brendan Fraser's Alden Pyle introduces himself. He's uh, he's American, and what he tells him is he is assisting an American Medical Aid yeah, Foundation. Yes, and there's this like disease that's like running rampant. On the countryside that affects your eye yeah. or something that he's that's treatable, but he's trying to help the locals out. Yeah, with the, that. yeah, which is a very smart move. You know, it's a disarming to be like you know, like Doctors yeah. Without Borders, right? Yeah. it's like it's hard to try to but like.
0: You're secretly a CIA. Operative. But you're secretly a CIA but operative. That actually, happened. Yes, probably still happens. But
1: well, yeah, it does.
0: Yeah. Uh, but they they meet up. They kind of they quickly become friends
1: yeah I I I, so because Michael Fowl um when they meet up I'm trying to think what their like initial like bonding point was I think it was just something that like I oh like Alden Pyle's like new to the area yeah and he's giving him like a little tour around and there's like gunshots and grenades going off he's like what was that it's like uh, oh, that's a grenade! I'm like, yeah. well, is he sure it wasn't a car backfire? It's like you stay here long enough, you'll know the difference. Yeah,
0: and the they quickly become friends, and a lot of their scenes involve like um, debates about the concept of liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my, my where Michael King explains his philosophy of like you know essentially non-interventionism or just like not really having yeah. an
1: opinion. It says I report the facts, nothing but the facts. I only report what I see.
0: Yeah, and um. Yeah. Alton Pyle, meanwhile, is like, we, like, Americans, we should bring liberty to this country. Yeah, we, um, I'm we just, okay, should help like, them. Well, how do you define liberty? It would be different right. here than there. Yeah, if you, you give, give the these, people the vote, vote here and they vote, vote for, for Ho Chi, Chi Minh, Min. is that liberty? Right. If they vote for a communist, is that liberty? Yeah. And Alton Pyle is just like, he has a very straight-laced view of the world, cannot comprehend
1: that. Right. It's like, well, communists, yeah. communism is bad. Yeah. But what Alden
0: Powell can comprehend is that Michael Caine's got a smoking hot babe. Yes. <laughs> um, by his view.
1: Pause. I think it's worth talking quickly about the fact that like Fung in this movie is like 21 years old.
0: Yes. Oh no, she's incredibly young and Michael Caine is 68.
1: Yes. The movie does not shy away from it either. There's the, there's a sex scene in this movie. Yes. A, a, not graphic sex scene. Like you don't see anything. But there's like a line where it's like, oh, please, I am old. (laughs) Like, even says it. Like, they're not even trying to pass him off as like 40s or 50s. No, he's 68 in the
0: movie. I I did want to talk about this that I think the fung aspect of the movie is the most dated. Yes. This is a book from 1955, and the core of it still kind of comes down to two older men fighting over a young woman's heart. Yeah,
1: a young foreign woman's
0: heart. Yeah, a young foreign woman's heart who isn't really given much agency or character to herself.
1: No. And she gets... This movie is... This
0: movie, it has a lot of... um, I'm trying to think of a movie that's similar to this. There are plenty. But where it's a movie that's very supportive of a foreign country's independence and critical of of the American aspect of it Mm -hmm. that still foregrounds its experiences in an American character. Or like in a white character. Yeah. This movie is not about... This movie is about Vietnam Vietnam um interventionism and how it was misguided and the vietnam people should be left alone but it does however star two white actors um that and it's about the... them learning this lesson yeah it's not about you know the people yeah who they're learning about yeah and that's not to say it's a bad movie i still very much like this movie yeah but i do think that's you know a dated aspect worthy of criticism and worthy of discussion
1: yeah and so, we, we get this introduction with, you know, uh, Michael Fowl, or is that his name, Michael Fowl? Uh, Thomas Fowl. Thomas Fowl. So, Thomas, we get introduced to Fung when Thomas goes home and he lives with Fung. Yeah. Um, and there's a brief, like, introduction, introduc- introductory context of, you know, I would ask you to marry me, but my wife in London wouldn't grant me a divorce. Yeah, And that this is something that happens quite often with Thomas, that he travels to other countries to do stories and he has women in each pocket of the world kind of, Um, which I hear that I hear you when it's like, that's, that's a dated idea. I'd say it's dated in the sense that it's accurate for the time Mm -hmm. that, I mean, not even just like in the military aspect. I mean, like I'm sorry to say, but the full metal jacket, when they're in Vietnam and they're all picking up like Vietnamese hookers. Yeah. Like that was a thing that was happening all no, the time. No, these things
0: happen. The, pr- the problem is the foregrounding of the story.
1: Yeah, yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, um, and, and with the age gap and stuff, like I, I was a little bit like, but, but yeah, because usually in story context for these, uh, situations of like a young Vietnamese woman and an older, like foreign gentleman from a different country, what the country from the West coming here, they're usually uh, shadowed over a layer of like some sort of manipulation going yeah. on, some sort of like financial thing. And the movie doesn't do that. The movie comes in and says, like, oh, well, he's here and she was working as a taxi dancer, um, which is like a step above like Hooker in this, in the movie's terms. Yeah. Um, because they do go to a uh, brothel. I think is what it te- what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, like she's a taxi dancer. And Fraser's like, oh, well that's like one step above where we just were at the brothel. And he's like, I can't believe that she was a taxi dancer. And it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. And uh, she was, uh, I, I saw her there dancing and I purchased a ticket to dance with her and, you know, I got her out of that life. It's sort of the white saviorism in yeah. that regard too. And outside of that realm of like, oh, this is like a a guy who is like funding her way of life to not be in that scenario. It is. The movie makes the attempt of like what love they have for each other is genuine, Mm -hmm. which I like. Yeah. Until she then goes for Fraser. Yes. Cause there's a weird, Slightly unbelievable shift that we'll get to later in the movie Yeah It's the letter scene mm-hmm. Which I'm like what? Okay um, So anyway Fra- He he invites Fraser over to grab dinner And go to this dancing place There's a few other American characters that we're not going to learn about But they're sprinkled in throughout the movie um, Thomas Fowl also has like a Vietnamese assistant It's like a guy who works at his office for him Who gives yes. him information we Want to talk about this guy because he played by Zima, yeah, um,
0: who I adore. Zima is like, um, do you see the farewell? No, okay,
1: the farewell, the um, Aquafina um, movie. Are, actually, you know what? I think I may have seen it, but it was a while ago. Lulu Wang, uh,
0: the twenty nineteen movie about the grandma, yeah, who's away, right? Um, basically, Zima is like he's played, you know, the Asian character in a lot of American movies yeah for like 20 to 30 years um including this including arrival um just I'm looking at his like he he just plays like you know for lack of a better term the token asian character in a lot of american movies yeah and then he just pops up in the farewell and he's just incredible yeah and i always get delighted when i see him pop up and stuff because he's a lovely little character actor who hasn't gotten his due yeah and the farewell was finally his due good it's great uh, but i do like just talking about him when i see him
1: yeah um and so it's when i'm just gonna go straight to when they go to the dance scene together yes am i missing anything in between that
0: no i mean like you said like i think we're gonna kind of go through this plot quick yeah because there are a lot of scenes that occur but like it'll be like a five minute scene about the debates of communism versus liberty and we, what are we going to do? <laughs> we, yeah, we exactly. Get, we could just say that scene happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so they go to this dance club. Um, this is Fraser's first introduction to Fung. Yes. And the movie spares no expense in making you understand that he's falling in love with her right yeah. away. Um, and somewhat similar for Fung to Fraser. So Fraser asks Fung to dance. They go dance. Uh, Fung's mother is a prominent character in this movie. It's her sister. Oh, it's her sister? Is that her mother? Sister. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, They explain that both their parents are dead.
1: Okay, understood. Well, in that regard then, so like her sister's involved um, and her sister is trying to play like matchmaker with Alden Pyle and um, Fung. Mostly because her sister knows that uh, Thomas Fowle can't get married and can't take her back to London. Um, and so she sees Alden Pyle as like, oh, he's an American, he's not married, like, they can get married and she can go with, back back with him to America and I can yeah. go with them, like, sort of that kind of motivation, yeah. I guess.
0: We're also introduced to a group of other Americans at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I mentioned that earlier, but it's like, I, we're, I, I'm not going to talk about yeah. them. I do want to talk about one of them. Yeah. Uh,
0: there's like the CIA guy. Uh, is this the
1: guy who's always drunk? No, that's the—I don't
0: know what his name is. I don't know. But there's the one CIA guy who like kind of just appears in the background for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played by an actor named Robert Stanton. Yeah. Who also has basically just played like government lawyer in movies. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at his filmography, and I would like to point out his television career. Um, may I quickly? Um, yeah. In 1991, he was on Law and Order as Jed Knox. In 1997, he was on Law and Order as Jacob Sutter. In 2002, he was on Law & Order Criminal Intent as Dennis Griscom. In 2003, he was on Law & Order SVU as PBA representative. In 2003, he was on Law & Order as Tim Grayson. In 2006, he was on Law & Order as Douglas Preston. In 2010, he was on Law & Order Criminal Intent as Mr. Now school official. Oh my god. (laughs) I just like that this man has been in every single Law & Order thing, including the core show three to four times, and played a different character every time. Don't we love that? I just uh, felt that important to point out. There's only so many actors you can cast yeah, in these day player in roles. Law and Order. <laughs> Apparently, Robert Stan's got a monopoly on it. Um, just wanted to point that out. Yeah, uh, we can resume back to the plot where now Fung is kind of you know. Fraser immediately
1: falls in love with Fung. He very says, he openly said, he says the phrase "love at first sight." Yeah. Um, and again, this is. I mean, the first thing that I think of next after this scene is that um, Thomas Fow gets a telegram from the London Times yes. and says, you have to come back. And he doesn't want to come back yeah. because he likes funk. And he's like, okay, well, I need an extension. And he's like, what can I use as an extension? And he's like, well, there is going to be a rebel attack at this northern village. Fat team. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go there. Yeah. And so um, we cut to uh, Michael Kane uh, in like full camo gear. He's embedded with a French with a French group. troop um, like squadron. yeah and they're wa- going through this um, little town and the, the, this, this scene doesn't go two minutes until they, they they hear something in the water and they all duck down and they see a boat coming out of the fog. Yeah. And they aim their rifles and they start shooting, and they're like, No, don't shoot and who is it? Brendan Brendan Fraser. Fraser. In the worst disguise I've ever seen. He's like wearing like a rice hat. (laughs) Yes. That's his
0: disguise.
1: Yeah. And Uh, he's like,
0: What the hell are you doing? (laughs) It's
1: like, Well, I heard you were coming out to this village and you know, I wanted to come with you. Why?
0: Um, he says that he He first tells them that he was trying to get upriver for a medical thing. And then he says, I actually came because of you. Yeah. um, To talk to him about Fung.
1: Right. Which, right. Which, it's a little
0: sweaty, and you're like, this doesn't quite make sense, but sure, if the movie needs us to believe this, whatever. But then when you learn the twist at the end about, you know, Fraser being in the CIA, and it makes sense why he would be up there, and then he just happened to kind of come across Michael K. He's like, all right, I I'll guess I'll...
1: Do guess this. that makes more sense now as I'm hearing about it. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about yeah. that.
0: I I think he I think he does say he was actually looking for Cain because uh, he didn't want him to get killed by the um, the third faction.
1: Oh, but he
0: like he went up there to, you know, the the, the v-
1: guys is that I am in love with Fong and I came up here to yeah. tell you that so I didn't do anything while you were away. Yeah.
0: The actual thing is, you know, he's up there helping plan...
1: He a, didn't want Fung to deer-john him.
0: Yeah, he's trying to plan a massacre with the third faction to implicate the communists. Yes, because what,
1: a, what will happen is he joins forces... So Fraser joins this pact with uh, uh, Michael Kane and the other French squadron, and then they continue their search, and they're going, and they reach this village. Yes. And they find a bunch of dead bodies yeah a lot of the villagers massacred murdered mm-hmm. and so and the questions brought up it's like who did this like communists and then michael kane says the very common clear question it's like that isn't their like that would still murder villagers they that's not in their best interest mm-hmm. so uh, sprinkling in the little like interesting and then they're in like a little uh, encampment around like this village and that's when there's you know they're it's like hey we're suspecting that we're going to get bombed tonight so you guys should be in the bunker um we get a very i i like this scene. Oh, it's a good scene. This is a good scene. Because like they get in the bunker and the bombs start dropping and you hear all the the grenades going off and Fraser's trying to have this conversation like so I came here for you. Yeah. And the reason why is because when I saw Fung, like, it really was, like, love at first sight. And I want you to know that I think I can offer her a lot. It's very strange, because he came here to be like, I want to steal your girl. Yeah, to Steal Your Girl. But he was being very cordial about it. And Michael Caine's also, like, not... Being aggressive back to him because he's like, All right, good chop. Have a good try. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's kind of how he's responding. Yeah.
0: Michael Caine, he doesn't like other people being in love with her, but he knows, like, that someone else is her best bet to get out of the country.
1: Yeah. It's very, it's a very strange, it's very strange because in the background of all this happening, like, bombs are dropping around them. And every once in a while, they react to it, but then they kind of morph back to the conversation. Yeah. It's very interesting and very strange yeah. in a surreal kind of way. Yeah, and like, you know, the
0: whole obviously the camera operator is just shaking the camera. Yeah.
1: But it, it's just like this whole
0: shakiness of this whole scenario that they're on. Yeah. Even the ground is shaking beneath them. Yeah. Uh, everything's getting ready to explode.
1: Yeah. it It's a good scene. Yes. Um. So they wake up the next morning and Michael they, Cain they wakes go up. go back to Saigon. Yeah, and he sees that Fraser's not there. Like, he yeah. left early. And so... Uh, Foul goes back to Saigon. Um, reports his findings back to the London Times to give him a month extension. a month extension. Like and I they want... say
0: investigate massacre further.
1: Yeah, investigate massacre further. And so the movie basically takes two paths at
0: this point. Yes one of them we're following the Kane. The, um, the pile Fung storyline, the love triangle, the yeah, the love triangle. The other, we're covering his investigation into what's going on. Yes, with this massacre. Yes, and the thing that keeps happening is pile keeps popping up in his other story about the um, the massacre. like trying to find out what happened with the massacre.
1: Yeah. So the first instance of this is uh, they go to a military parade. Yes. Where they, they accidentally come across a military parade, they're trying to get back to their office, right? So, they're trying to get back to their office, and this is not with Fraser, this is just with Fowl. Yeah, uh, Fowl's there with his assistant, I think. Yeah, and they're like, Oh, we're getting stuck in this parade. And so, they get out, and he sees Pyle there watching the parade. Yeah, and the parade is a celebration of the General, w- uh, General Trey. Yeah, General Tay.
0: Yeah. promotion or just that he has announced he's starting a third party a third party yes to run in the election yes essentially.
1: starting a third that party opposed to...
0: to both the french and the communists
1: yes so and fraser and pile do a little walk and talk this is also this is just a very well blocked scene in the sense mm-hmm. of like you have the like i i like this in the sense that there's a lot of background yeah and it's a very good utilization of like background movements and this celebration of the background of like a third party and meanwhile Fraser's there and he's him and Michael are sort of talking about like what do you know about General Tay? Like is he a good guy? Like I kind of heard he was a a maniac and he's Mm -hmm. like well you know Vietnam like they need like a third force. It's like they need like somebody who you know we got to get rid of the communists but they need you know we need to liberate them and that's where we get that conversation of like well what's liberty? Mm -hmm. You know if they elect Ho Chi Minh is that liberty? Um, all this while happening, you know, you have like crowds of people celebrating. Yeah. This, uh, third party. This
0: essentially American-run dictator.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh,
0: Kane goes to investigate him, uh, General Tay.
1: Yeah. Um. Right. He, he drives
0: he, out to his like camp or something. Where he happens to come across Pyle, who's yeah. there under the guise of helping with the medical operation. Yeah. While he's there, he sees a bunch of, um, like, uh, canisters of some substance. He doesn't pay much attention to
1: it at that point. Yeah. But it, it does come back later, it, It's like a milk wax yes. thing.
0: Yeah, dio dio Dioclitan or something like that.
1: I something like that, yeah.
0: Um, Dioclitan, I think it is.
1: And so there's a scene where, like, you know, uh, Fowl is trying to, like, get a face-to-face meeting with General Tay, which he does. Yeah. But... It's very short. It's very short, and not a lot gets accomplished in this conversation. Yeah, he immediately asks him like, "So, what's your involvement with the American?"
0: <laughs> the guy's like, "I'm out of here."
1: It's like, get him out of here. I don't want to talk to him, and so he doesn't really get any answers. There's not a lot is accomplished in this scene. Um, it, it, I don't know this. This scene felt very thin to me. It's, it's
0: very much like he gets the second he starts prying, because I think that General Tay is expecting him to ask like about him um, instead of starting to like, pry into like were you were your, he asked him were your men anywhere near where this massacre occurred yes right and it just you know it's, it's, it's shut down
1: pretty quick yeah and so him and Fraser have to then get back um, but as they start driving they run out of gas because yeah. that they they took all of his petrol
0: yeah well he's he points out he's like look at those nice chaps cleaning my car yes he does point that out yeah, and it's like General Tay ordered his gas siphoned. Yeah. Um, but they break down next to a watchtower. Watch tower, yeah. And they go over to see if there's any gas, and they find two terrified soldiers inside.
1: Who are just, they're just locals, right? They're not communists. They're, they're soldiers. I don't remember what faction they're a part of, though. Because they're hostile to Fraser and Fowl, but more out of fear.
0: Yes, um, Michael Caine does say, like, that, they, that there are soldiers in all these watchtowers. Mm-hmm. But then a th- another faction, I believe it's the communists, come along.
1: Because what happens, it says, like, they they start hearing some bombshells yeah. go off. And they're like, it's okay. Only one or two of these watchtowers go down at night. I think we're okay.
0: Yeah. Because they do say, like, the communists run the road at night. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of, like, communist forces appear. They blow yeah. up the car, and they blow up the watchtower. Yeah. Fraser and... um. Cain barely escape, but yeah. they do escape. Yeah, the next day, the French find them and bring them back to Saigon. Yeah, uh, this movie entirely actually shot in Vietnam. Yeah, um, every scene set there, so it, it looks good in that respect. Yeah, it does. Um, get, they, go, they go back to Saigon, can't escape Saigon.
1: Yeah, just to kind of catch up on the love triangle plot line. Um, at one point, Michael Kane does tell Fong that he gets a letter back from his wife that she will approve the divorce, which means they can get married and she can come back to London with him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that like, that gets said, and then the next reveal is, I think like Fraser and Fung both come into his office and they confront him about the letter and that it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Because what's actually written in the letter is that she is not going to approve the divorce that you do this with every country you go to. You just find a girl and he basically lied yeah. to Fung. And what this does is Fraser uh, confronts him about Fung. There's a really interesting scene where he shows up at his apartment with, and Fung's there. Yeah. And he's like, I've come here to talk to Fung. And he's like, okay, well, sit, take a seat. Yeah. He's like, oh, I thought we could talk alone. It's like, oh, I, I'm, I'll stay. Yeah, but he's being very again very very cordial yeah. about it. It's very strange, very British polite. Yeah, um, and he's t- it's like I can I can be better for Fung. Like I can offer security. Um, like I I was trying to find a link between the American interventionism through line with the love triangle. I think there was something there, kind of, but like I don't really know. I
0: think Fung is supposed to be representative of the country. Yeah, in Vietnam and like, they're fighting over her who and by the is best suited for yeah, like, what idea is best suited for the country um,
1: but they're the same ideas right? like, well Kane
0: is very much like you shouldn't be involved you should just be a, a bystander at the start and Fraser literally is all about intervention and stepping into other people's affairs which is you know physically in him, literally interceding in their relationship and stealing her.
1: Yeah, and but that's... their their end goal is with Fung is the same though, right? They want to marry her and take her out of Vietnam.
0: At the beginning,
1: at the beginning, it changes at the end, but at the beginning, it's like what their it's what their their goals are. Mm-hmm. So I I I got a little stuck on that a little bit. I was like, but wait a minute, like where's the conflict and what? I mean the conflict is that they will love Fung and love as Fung has to choose one, obviously. Um and I get the resolve at the end where when Fowl's like, No, 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 I don't want to take you to London with me. I actually wanna stay.
0: I've fallen in love with you, not just what you represent.
1: Right. So <sighs>
0: basically then the next like thirty minutes are him just uncovering the plot. Yeah. Which he you know, he he and his assistant they go to a the factory of a man who's been helping at general tay uh-huh. they find a bunch of um, milk wax. Uh, yeah, dio clayton yeah uh, which, is, which he looks up and it can be used for
1: explosive devices well hold hold on a second because um this is where we get the explosion isn't it it's right after this well i think he discovers that the milk carton thing is explosives yes after the explosion because yes. he he discovers the milk carton diocycline yeah. thing and he starts asking around about it. It's like and he asks Fraser and yeah. he's like, What is this dio- Oh yeah, we we supply diocycline a rot It's good for like, you know, it's a waxy substance that's yeah, good he for says it's like something for eyes. Yeah, something it. for like medical tools and stuff yeah. that we provide for, you know, the that we provide to these people. And he's like, Okay. And at first it does seem like innocent. And you're like, Okay. Yeah. And then it's the explosion scene. Yeah. He's
0: just sitting at a cafe, and he starts noticing shifty characters about. A lot of Americans. Yeah. Um, And one guy who's just, like, going from car to car. Yeah. And there's a photographer. Yeah. And then two cars explode, and 30 people die. It's, like, this massive explosion. Windows are blown out. People are lying without legs in the
1: street. This was a well-shot Oh, this is a beautiful
0: sequence. Well, beautiful in a
1: (laughs) grotesque way. Yes, because when everything explodes, uh, like you just see Michael Caine walking in like a daze throughout all this because he immediately runs over and tries to help people, and he's trying to help folks who are gravely injured in the streets, and he uh, sees Brendan Fraser... Wandering around, and he starts directing photographers. Yeah, like to take, take pho- pictures
0: of this, take pictures of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and he starts
1: speaking fluent
0: Vietnam, Vietnamese, which he earlier in the movie said he didn't know how to speak. Yeah. And Kane has his like you know Kaiser Soze moment. Yes. Um, where he puts it all together in his head that Fraser is a CIA operative because he's he- directing these attacks.
1: To build sympathy in the U.S. Congress, because he's built, he's blaming all of the massacres, all the bombings on the communists, yes, who are not doing this, yes. Um, and so this is when he like discovers uh, that this diocycline stuff is also used plastic for explosives. plastic explosive ma- components, yeah. and so the pieces all connect. Yeah, he discovers it, and I. The next thing I remember is...
0: He, he confronts Fraser about it.
1: But what was that scene like? I don't really remember it much. Well,
0: So this is a very smart per, um, bit of acting from Fraser. He does shift his performance after this moment. And then he seems more openly sinister, and he's a lot more like... You know, he was kind of playing up his, like, lovability earlier. He's like, oh, I'm just a doctor. And, like, even in the more serious scenes, he's kind of still has that lovable goofball energy yeah, to it. Yeah, 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 He cuts that all off right at this moment. Immediately he's playing like stoic American CIA operative. I
1: just don't remember Tough the scene that much. Like where, do, where the, does it happen at? The like, scene
0: is... Is it in his him, office? Or like... He talks to um, his assistant about it. Yes. And he kind of lays it all out. Like here's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And his assistant is like, I have some friends on the communist side who'd be interested to Talk with him. Yeah. And Kane is like, would he be hurt? And they'd be like, we treat him as well as he the nicest he, he deserves. Mm. And Kane's like, all right, what what do we gotta do? And he's like, Alright, well talk to him um and see if you can arrange meeting him for dinner this place at yeah. this time. He has bodyguards now, but he won't bring them if he thinks he's just meeting you. Yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to invite him to your house. We're going to have a guy watch in your window. If you open a book in the window, we'll know that the dinner is on and we'll set
1: it up. Jesus fuck. I forgot yeah. and didn't catch any of this shit. God yeah. damn it. That's so good. Yeah. and so there, I totally missed that part. And so he goes to dinner or he invites, or he he invites bites him fr- over to his place. Yeah, to his it.
0: place. And he just immediately confronts him. Yeah. And Kane is just, Kane, he it, confronts him about like all this stuff, and Fraser cops to it. He just, he, yeah. He's not trying to disguise something anymore, but he shifts his performance here. He's a lot more sinister. Yes. Now it's coming back He's right, to it's like, now. you know, we got, we're going to bring liberty to this country. Yeah. Um, this is the way it has to be done. Yeah. Um, they have a full debate, and they're playing, there's a really cool detail that Kane is just like picking up books all over his apartment. Yeah. And, like moving them back to his bookshelf, and you never know which is the book he's going to use. Yeah to essentially sign Fraser's death certificate yeah because he internally knows that if he opens that book he's killing this man yeah and he finally decides to do it um when the concept of fung is brought up and Fraser is also like I hope in spite of our political differences we can still be friends I enjoy our chats and Kane's like alright and he opens the book in the window and this one Vietnamese guy goes like he looks at him yeah and then he drives off in his little open what was
1: the book that he opened
0: he opens a book of poetry, oh. um, and I cannot, let me see if I can find the, the poem, because it's a very smart poem mm. that he says in this moment.
1: Uh, yeah, da-da-da-da-da. I forgot about the book opening is the signal thing. I totally missed that part. Fucking hell, that's such a good part about it. The Quiet American Poem.
0: Okay, here it is. He reads this poem to, uh, to Fraser. He says, "Have like, you ever heard this poem before?" I drive through the streets and care. I'll, I'm just gonna say it, because like, this is good. He says, "I can't. I drive through the streets and care not a damn. The people they stare and they ask who I am." And then Fraser, who has heard this poem before, immediately picks up and says, "And if I should chance to run over a cad, I can pay for the damages if, if ever so bad." And it's like just that both of them underst- have different interpretations of this. That Cain is like it's a, it's a poem about like Coming somewhere where you don't know Not giving a damn
1: Causing a lot of causing havoc
0: Causing havoc but you can pay to fix it mm-hmm. And Fraser kind of reads that as like Yeah I come over and But don't worry because I can fix all the problems
1: If I were to tell you that I was a stranger Traveling from the east yeah, the, Seeking of which that is lost
0: I would say that I'm a stranger from the west As I who you seek I thought you were about to do the, uh, the, I am, um, Ozymandias, king of kings. Look at my works, you mighty, and despair. Oh, well, that, there's that. And despair, and despair. Um, but that's the poem that he reads to sign his death warrant. Mm-hmm. And then Fraser's like, all right, I'll meet you for dinner tonight. And then the next scene is just Fre like, Michael Caine sitting at this restaurant. Yeah. And, um, he spies Fraser walking across the, the docks yeah. towards him. Um,
1: and then Fraser gets
0: jumped. Fraser gets surrounded by four guys and yeah. brought into an alley.
1: He tries to run away and escape. Yeah.
0: But me- meanwhile, I do want to say the dr- a drunk American who we met a few times in the movie does come and sit across from Kane. Yeah. And start like... N- um, he rant. starts
1: like, my boy is polio at yeah. home. And I don't care if he's a cripple. I just want him to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. It was very fascinating for that to be the overtone while this is happening to Fraser in the alley. I think what what's cool is we're cutting between
0: Fraser manages to escape and he's running, mm-hmm. and we cut between Fraser running, looking right into Kane's eyes, and then hearing, "I don't care if he's crippled, but I don't want him to die." And it's like essentially Kane's inner monologue of like, "I don't want this man to die. I just want him to be crippled and badly hurt." mm-hmm um but how Kane, Fraser does die yeah he gets stabbed by Zima mm-hmm. um he's just stabbed right in the heart and then he gets thrown in the, the uh, river yeah and the next scene is we actually this is a weird transition here it is a, a bit because we bit jump weird. immediately back to the flash forward from earlier yeah, but we skip over the like the finding the Fraser body and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's now the inspector talking to Michael Keaton in his office. He, well, he,
0: com- he comes to Michael Keaton's house. Yes, he's like, can I meet you downstairs? Yeah, and I like, all right, all right, I'll get I'll A funny pranker. Yeah. Um, he comes downstairs with him, and he's like, "So, we found a dog print in your, in the front first front step of your house. Yeah, and the dog had I- concrete in its feet."
1: I remember this scene, too, and I was very confused. And Michael
0: Caine's like, a lot of dogs have concrete in their feet, what are you trying to say? <laughs> and then he's like, we looked, and you only reserved a table for one that night. Which, poor move on Michael Caine's part.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he the... should
0: have ordered a table for two, and then like been like, all right, the other guy's not coming. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he... Uh, what was the
1: dog with the concrete bit, though?
0: Just that they found... They found concrete in the dog's foot... And they found a dog print matching that dog right outside of Michael Keane's apartment from the day that um, uh, Fraser died.
1: What does a dog have anything to do with it, though? But he had
0: the dog with him, and it's Fraser's dog. So the, just that this footprint indicates that Fraser was at Michael like oh, apartment. Oh, Fraser's
1: early. dog! Yeah. I forgot it's that, that, that f- he got a dog. Yeah, that
0: Fraser was at Kane's apartment the same day that he died. And then right. Michael Keane's like, I have nothing further to add to my story besides my first, in the shiftiest fucking tone possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, he doesn't play like dumb or anything. He's just like, I got nothing else to add except what I said To the best <laughs> the of my... like, yeah,
1: you fucking killed the guy. I did not kill him. To the best of my recollection, I have no memory of such incident.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's um, and then King goes back upstairs. That's basically the end of the movie. I yeah. think
1: he gets one more scene with Fung. He, he gets one more scene with Fung where they're talking about like, you know, you can move back in with me if you want. Yeah. Um, if and you're... she's
0: like, there's no point. You can't bring me back to London.
1: And then he says, it's like, I'm not going back to yeah, London. Like you
0: don't understand. I'm staying here because yeah. I have learned to care about this country and that I have an opinion on it. Yeah. And it's that I don't want the Americans to fuck this up.
1: Yeah. And then the movie does something very interesting and smart. Cause we cut to credits yeah but the credits are preceded by yeah. newspaper clippings of yeah. further american and eventualist events yeah. and But something important to note though book comes out 1954 or 1955 five. the events in the book take place in 1951 they show events happening in the movie that happened after 1955 yeah. So like the author wouldn't know of these things happening, yeah. but it's still, yeah, the movie able to have that, but it's able to have that point because again, the book and the movie called it shot, yeah but American eventualism. So it warrants it because that, you know, it shows clippings of Americans start sending aid or the, the first thing is like the 17th parallel is established. And then the next yeah. one is like Ho Chi Minh Invalence. invades the South. And then it's
0: American troops go over. Yep. And then Johnson um, escalates the war. Right. Bombing. 400,000.
1: 400,000 troops are there. Cambodia gets bombed. Like, all this stuff happening. The
0: the final image is a zoom in on one of the newspaper articles into the eyes of an American soldier who looks terrified and And is wearing a bandage. Yeah. And that's the final image. Yeah. Beautiful. What a good fucking movie. I very much enjoyed
1: this movie. Very good movie.
0: Um... Oh, there is one scene we didn't talk about that I quickly want to say before we do the post-ex. Yeah. Um, there's one point where F- Kane is looking for Fraser and he storms to the American embassy. And it's all done in this
1: one shot where he just kind of like storms and he's like, where'd that wanker? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because is- he, he, uh, he 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 uh hurt his ankle or something when yeah, he fell ankle. off the thing, right? Yeah, when he jumped off the watchtower. Jumped off the watchtower. But he was and looking like, for limping.
0: Fraser and he's like, tell him to come see me. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he kind of just storms around And he's like it's, I'm, I know I'm being very bad But In my position I think being bad Is what I intend to do Because he's
1: being a lot worse
0: Yes And then he storms around He can't find Fraser And he goes into a bathroom And just starts crying Yeah Because he doesn't like The man he's becoming Yeah uh, That's an incredible bit of acting For Michael Caine In that sequence Yeah uh, It probably earned him His Oscar nomination Who won that year? Uh, let me let me find out Whoa 2003. It would be the 2003 Oscars, the 75th Academy Awards. Best actor went to Adrian Brody for The Pianist.
1: Yeah, that's probably yeah. just that's probably earned. Yeah,
0: and Michael Caine had won fairly recently, I believe. Uh,
1: Nomination maybe. or
0: win? I think he had won an Oscar for Hannah and Her Sisters, maybe, or maybe I'm getting I'm getting this wrong. I'm getting this all mixed
1: up. Does he have an Oscar?
0: He has two. Yes, he would run only two years before for the Cider House Rules in 1999. So he had won fairly recently. Okay. Uh, it is worthy of note that Michael Keane uh, has said multiple times this is his favorite performance that he's given. He thinks this is one of his best, if not his best. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't entirely dispute that. Like, I'm not going to argue with him about it. There are Michael Caine performances I somewhat prefer, but this is one of his best. Yeah, I would agree.
1: And Fraser is good. Yeah. I, oh. I, 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 As we said before, it's like Fraser has the, I think personally, I don't know if you agree or disagree with me on this, Jeff, but I think Fraser has a harder role to fulfill than Caine does. yes. Cause he doesn't. Re- he's not really playing a character. He's playing an idea.
0: Yeah, and in real life, he's playing like an amalgamation of multiple like
1: American figures. Exactly. Yeah. So I. I and and he does it successfully. Yes. It's believable. The whole, like, this movie, that role could have easily had been, like, who are you? Oh, I'm the American medical doctor coming to help. (laughs) He, 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 You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, just, but, like, Fraser does a good job of passing off, like, a harmless, just there to help person. And then slowly but surely, like, starts to, like, you see him in more, like, unsettling circumstances. Yeah. Without changing his tone, though. And then it's not until, like, he does the rapid shift, but it's believable because you know all the stuff he's been involved in. Yes. Like, I, I thought he, he he, he, had a hard job to do, and I thought he did very, very well in this movie. Fully agree. Yeah.
0: Fra- Fraser's good. Kane's incredible. And the movie is great. Um, What's gonna... that
1: mean for post-text, though?
0: In terms of post-text, uh, this movie comes out. It gets pushed a year, as we talked about. It gets yeah. uh, very strong reviews. Uh, it debuts in the Toronto International Film Festival in two thousand two, finally it gets critical acclaim. Um it is, you know, heavily favored to get a lot of Academy Award nominations. It only secures Best Actor for Kane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um it's it's a big year, so it cannot be blamed. The best picture nominees this year are Chicago, Gangs of New York, The Hours, The Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, and the Pianist. Yeah, that's a hard one. You'll line probably up. get rid of the pianist because my Roman probably should have been in prison instead of making that movie. But uh we vis <laughs> Yeah, but it happened. Um, this movie doesn't really make a lot of money. It's a thirty million dollar budget. It comes in under that. But yeah, I don't think many people are upset. Miramax lost a lot of money on movies at this time. Uh, so I don't think anyone's like crippled that the Quiet American wasn't a blockbuster success. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this movie has, you know, it's it hasn't really had like a major connection. I think it is worthy of note as a very interesting post 9/11 movie even if it wasn't designed as such. A movie about that's warning us about like hey maybe like you know American intervention is not the best idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that that's the extent of the post-text in terms of Fraser's career. Um he still is kind of it, after this point he's still stuck in the Yeah. the like blockbuster lane. Yeah. He does get, you know, his opportunities to be in dramas again, he's in crash in mm-hmm. two years, uh, which we'll talk about when we talk about him. Yeah. Um, but this is um, you know, it's, it's more of an outlier at this point. And yeah. it doesn't really do much for him. Yeah. It's worthy of note in his career, but it doesn't do much for him.
1: Right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Good
0: movie. Yeah, good movie. I think I think that's all we can really say about it.
1: Yeah. I uh I know it's a little shorter episode, but I feel like we, we no, got all our no. thoughts out that we it, needed to. It's
0: nice that we finally got an episode where was just the two of us again. It's yeah. Since, uh, and
1: it's nice that it's a movie like this. Yeah. <laughs> last been... time
0: we, the last time we did an episode of about a movie that was just you and me, it was still breathing.
1: In which we were just sweating over it.
0: Uh, yeah, I was just fucking horny on Main. You were
1: swallowing the mic, Jeff. I was swallowing
0: the mic. It was good.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, well, I think... you have anything else to say about... Uh, this movie about the quiet American
1: no it made me more fascinated to research the Vietnam War Vietnam yeah. conflict uh, and like oh, I it's... said
0: Ken Burns the Vietnam War if anyone's interested
1: I'll look that up mm.
0: right, well as always thank you for listening to this episode uh, make sure to tune next week for our episode on Dickie Roberts former child star a movie in similar tone to the quiet American <laughs> a movie that is very much about uh, you know American I, I have interventionism at, No, it's a David Spade comedy about um, a former child star Interesting. It's going to be great. There's John Lovitz in it. Yeah. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop it to our Reddit, r slash Travolta. Uh, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. Email Podcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff w. Sweeney.
1: Uh, you can find me on Instagram at stuart Eighty Five. I am just re- discovered that you can watch uh episode one of the ken burns vietnam war documentary for free on amazon prime very cool and then the following episodes after that you do have to have a subscription to pbs documentaries or you can simply just buy the episodes for five bucks yes a pop. um i don't think i would buy the episodes for five bucks a pop i think i just get a free trial uh, for the pbs documentary and just binge it all yes uh, good to know you yep. can, I
0: can also mail um, anyone who emails me the Blu-ray. I'm not going to do that. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> His address is uh, yeah, no. 19. <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, special thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for graphic design, Angie Gardner for our social media, and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for the theme music that is now taking you out. Have a great week, folks, and see you next time for Dickie Roberts. Dicky Roberts. Roberts. <laughs>